Good morning, and welcome to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. I'm your host, John Sumser, and today we're going to be talking with Jody McDermott, who's the head of product at SHL Global. She has responsibility for end-to-end product lifecycle and for assessment products, and I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell you a little bit more. Jody? Hi, John. Good morning. Nice to be on your show. Uh, very excited to be here to represent SHL. Uh, many people know SHL is a company that was founded in, let's see, 1977. We've been around for about 40 years, but most recently uh, have relaunched our brand and are a standalone business once again and are thinking of ourselves as a startup. We've been a standalone business now for a little over two months, uh, headquartered in the UK, and uh, we represent uh, essentially helping companies select and develop develop talent from both the pre-hire and post-hire perspective. Um, and looking forward to the conversation today. Well, that's great. So, so, so let's, let's dig a little bit further into what SHL does. It's one of the great, maybe even the greatest of the um, original assessment companies. Um, um, so, yeah, tell, I mean, tell we... Me, tell we, me about size and, 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 and how expert SHL is in assessment. Sure. Well, like I said, we've been around for for over 40 years. And so, you know, we are really the world's largest specialist provider of assessment services. Uh, We do over 30 million assessments a year in over 35 languages all across the globe. I think as as you and I were preparing for this conversation, we were talking a little bit about the work we do in the U.S. and Europe and South Africa and China and the Middle East. And uh, we have over... Uh, 1,200 employees in 33 countries around the world uh, and, you know, really have a, you know, a a steeped, deep knowledge in the assessment space. Um, Over one-third of our employees are coming from the, you know, either IO psychologists themselves or have been in um, the talent assessment space uh, for many, many years. And so uh, augmenting that with the direction we're taking with a technology platform and uh, supporting assessment at scale with the use of technology. Um, we're really poised and excited about some of the things that we're doing uh, around leadership and what we're doing for the candidate experience and pre-hire especially. Um, a lot of exciting technologies that we're using to to bring assessment forward in the HR technology space. Interesting. Interesting. So, so we were talking very briefly just before the show about the differences in sort of the regional variations in assessment, that that some regional cultures have um, different lines about privacy, some some regional cultures have different lines about the relationship between the employee and the company. Can you talk a little bit about that? That must be be a fascinating part of your work. It is. You know, when we go and meet with customers or even um, the client advisor advisory boards we have in different markets. Um, The U.S., as you know, has a very high legal bar for ensuring that you are, um, that that the the product does what it says on the tin, as we jokingly say internally, that you have a predictive assessment and that um, it's aligned with the job and what the, you know, what role you're hiring for. Uh, The the rules tend to uh, lighten up a little bit when you move into markets like China. Uh, where you know they want to know everything there is about the candidate, including incorporating in social media profiles, 
um, any information they can learn about the candidate uh, that uh, is pulled in from third-party sources and things like that, uh, which you, you, we can't do as easily in, in most other parts of the world. I mean, you look at what's happening with GDPR and privacy and how much data you can actually collect about a candidate. And so it poses some very interesting challenges from a product perspective uh, for ensuring that we have a highly configurable platform to be able to turn on and off different data protection notifications and meeting uh, the legal requirements in different markets, uh, while also being able to bring you know, the most robust assessment tools to customers. So it's an interesting uh, conversation that we have with some, some customers that will challenge us on some of the interesting things they want us to be able to do in the platform. And um, we as a business have to constantly be evaluating, you know, what's, what's best for the candidate, what's best for that market, and, you know, what also hits true with our core values of how we operate as a company. So, so you, you've spoken about sort of national boundaries, and, and that's, that's, um, that's interesting. Now, when you, when you get to the United States, and I assume this is actually true in, in China as well, there are significant regional variations. I, I wonder if, if you adjust the product to those regional variations or if what you're talking about is, is more uh, being smart about the legal issues. So when you talk about regional differences, are you talking about within the United States? Are there regional differences? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there are the difference between, say, Minneapolis, which is well understood by IO psychologists, and Macon, <laughs> Georgia, um, is is vast, and it's vast um, in terms of what makes people do well in organizations. There's a whole different view sure. of, um, of of what an organization is for, you know. Or you look at the difference between New York and San Francisco, where where in it, on the East Coast, in general, companies are built to last 20 years, um, um, and in San Francisco, everybody's tickled pink if something lasts longer than three. Um, and, You're usually so you have, there's an exit before that, right? <laughs> exactly, and, and and so there's 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 a real difference in in the way that people think about companies, the way they think about how people go together with companies, and um, a sort of a one-size-fits-all approach is, is often um, the problem with lesser uh, establishments. True. So from, you know, when you talk about regional differences, what that really ties more into is, you know, culture and fit um, and ensuring that when you're, you know, some of the best work we've done in this area is the leadership segment. So when, when you started talking about regional differences, I'm thinking, okay, well, there's more vertical differences because there's difference in how you go and hire for volume and entry-level roles versus a leadership position. And some of the work that we've done in the leadership space um, has been around aligning context to the role. So a lot of times when you, you, you find that leaders, they may have the skills to do the job, but the context in which they're going to be doing that job uh, can determine whether or not that leader will succeed or fail uh, or derail, really. And so um, the, the framework that our leadership um, product line is operating within um, is really around how to tie that leader's personality and experiences 
to the actual challenges that they will be going after in the role. So whereas, you know, in, in mid-range roles, uh, thinking man, uh, graduate managerial professional, you may be looking at specific competencies. When you get to that leadership level, you're really looking to see, it, can somebody go handle this challenge in the context of this company and what this company is like? And that's a really important differentiator. And we found that if you can assess for leadership in context, uh, you have a much higher predictability of that leader being successful in the role that they're going into. That's interesting. So, so I could hear what you just said as a way of describing a single piece of software that delivered assessment from the top to the bottom of the organization. Is that how you do it, or do you have multiple products? So our core platform, uh, which we call Talent Central, is uh, is an engine, is a technology platform or chassis that allows us to be able to uh, to assess a candidate or an employee. Uh, obviously, score that assessment and then report back out on it. Now, when you report back out, uh, there's different ways you can do that. You can do that, obviously, with uh, an assessment report, or we may be pushing a score to um, our own interface or to a third-party um, application tracking system that we integrate with. Um, but the other thing that we can do with it is layer in um, data science and uh, algorithms to be able to map uh, those competencies to challenges and really help look at the business problem that a company's trying to solve for. So, so one of our products, Leader Edge, which, which sits on top of utilizing our Talent Central platform, um, is more about helping companies um, align leaders with business challenges than it is about um, just assessing, although we use assessment to do that. So I think where the, the real innovation in, in the assessment market right now is coming from is how you apply data science um, as well as, you know, we're looking at different specific areas of AI, natural language processing, uh, machine learning, for how you add that additional layer uh, to, to make it more business and user friendly for companies to be looking at how do I solve this business problem? How do I align these leaders to the challenges or the strategy that we have as a business of where we want to be in one to three years? And do we have the right talent to be able to go after those strategic initiatives? I wonder if you could give me a little bit more color about that. That's that's so so I heard you say that you've got a tool that allows you to, assuming you've got everybody on the leadership team through some assessment process that allows you to examine a business challenge and align the team around the business challenge based on their strengths, apparently. Um, um, is, is that right? And how does that work? Well, you know, it works of, of we, we really partner closely in with, with the companies that, uh, that we work with to understand what their business strategy is. And if you can lay out what the business strategy is and then essentially do a talent audit and help them understand the leaders, the managers, the individuals that they have in place, 
across their organization. And doing that through assessment helps you align what types of competencies does your workforce have? You need people insights about your workforce to understand if you have the talent to be able to go after the business strategy itself and what's required in that business strategy. So uh, assessment helps you do that at scale to ensure that you can drive transformation within the business. That's that. You know, this is the first time I've ever heard this idea. This is a really interesting idea. So, so, so you're suggesting that that a, a a a body of assessment data can be understood as a measure of capability, and that you can you know how to evaluate a business challenge based on that um, array of capabilities so that you can tell what capability might be missing or what capability might be overabundant inside of the group. Is that, is that right? That's right. So, I mean, if you if you think about That's it. That's awesome. That's awesome. It I is know, awesome. <laughs> That's really awesome. Well, you know, I think when people think about assessment today, they're always thinking about a transaction of a role. I need to go hire for this role. and. I need to do a job analysis and understand the competencies I need for somebody to be a good marketing manager or a good sales director. Uh, and it's a, it's a transaction. And it shouldn't be. All of that information that you're collecting about the candidate and then ultimately the employee really starts to become a treasure trove of information about your entire workforce. And for companies that can leverage that information and start to do it at scale are really going to have a competitive advantage as they're competing in the market. So, so, so I just want to, this is, this is a very interesting idea that's got me uh, running in circles a little bit. So, so you're going to need to correct me. Um, okay. Um, but but I think you just said so that you could do something like, and, and, and you're going to correct me on the example, so please do that. Um, <laughs> in our workforce, we've got 70% extroverts and 30% introverts, and to solve this next business challenge, the ratio would be better if it were inverted. At is a very that, basic is, level, that's a great starting point. And just think about how you can start peeling that away at looking at different dimensions um, of an individual, whether it be cognitive, motivation, personality, aspiration. And you, you may be looking at something from an individual perspective or a team perspective, or needing to be able to aggregate that up and look at it for your entire company. I mean, some of the companies we work with have hundreds of thousands of employees. And so if they're trying to understand how to transform and digitize their company or lead them through a major transformation that's around innovation and growth, uh, or perhaps they're trying to um, completely change the mission of the organization, the types of people who got you to where you are today may or may not be the type of people who can lead you to that next phase of growth within the company. So, 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 you, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there with my jaw dropped, and um, that doesn't happen very often. This is, this is, this is great. Um, 
So, so you're saying that as important as the skills that a workforce has is the aggregate um, um, uh, non-skills assessment, uh, non-skills um, uh, traits. Um, um, and you, you know, I, I, I probably have sat through a hundred demos of assessment tools. Um, in the last five years, and the, the, nobody ever said that. <laughs> nobody ever said that you could. Is uh, so we had a client advisory board meeting recently um, in the UK, and we were having a roundtable discussion about measuring for digital readiness and digital leadership, um, and the conversation really evolved into this great roundtable discussion about what's needed for digital readiness. And the term digital is now actually becoming ubiquitous, right? I mean, right. everything's going digital. And right. so the, the needs that these companies are seeing is they're like, you know, when we think about leadership, we're looking at, do they have good technology and digital awareness? Like, do they ask the right questions? They may not know how, they may not have the skills to actually go develop it or code it, but they need to know uh, that there's up-and-coming technologies and that their teams are testing them, they are experimenting with them, they're looking at product concepts that might come off of these technologies. They also need to speak the vocabulary so as to be able to connect with each generation within their organization that may be coming right out of school with those brand new skills or uh, be you know tech early tech adopters in their organization and harnessing that information and an innovative mindset, but they also talked about some other types of attributes: growth mindset, exponential thinking, service principle, spirit of learning, and peace. And some of those things, you know, those aren't skills; those are attributes about an individual. Their aspiration. This is this is this is a, an eye opener for me. Um, I, I'm going to try to find a way to talk to you more about this because it's a um, it helps me understand um, um, what the problem is that you might want to solve with an intelligent software solution. And 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 I I've not understood that about about assessment up to this point. So well, I think so, assessment's a component. It's a component okay. to help you to solve the problem, and it's an ingredient into, uh, you know, when you when you look at an individual, whether they be a candidate in the pre-hire or becoming an employee, they're a human being, and human beings have, you know, and I, self-admittedly, I'm not an IO psychologist. Um, I'm, a, I'm a product person, if you will, um, and a lover of technology. But, you know, we're all human beings, and, and humans at the end of the day have natural um, or adaptive behaviors and traits, and they have learned, you know, skills that they've learned. And when you're thinking about the talent of your workforce, you really need to understand your people, and you need to understand what motivates them, um, what, you know, what skill sets they bring to the table, and those skill sets are both, uh, you know, actual trade skills, but they are uh, also very much around mindset and agility, uh, which is, you know, it, it's it's a different thing to be looking for, but it can make or break 
the ability for a company to be able to go after a strategy. If you just think about the type of people and their motivations and their willingness to dig in and roll up their sleeves and go after something, um, not everybody has that in them. And you don't have to have all of it in your workforce, but you probably need it in different places to to align to a strategy, and that's going to differ for different companies. So you're suggesting a scenario in which um, a, a hiring manager wouldn't be allowed to hire the candidate they wanted on a technical basis because they are um, not in the profile of the traits that we're trying to build into a company. That's a that's a very interesting. Um, well, don't you see that today in the market? You know, no, people want to hire. No, I don't. No, I don't see that. I, I hear it talked about. You don't, don't see cultural see. fit. Cultural fit being uh, something that's important. Um, I've never heard of a highly qualified technical person being turned down because they weren't a cultural fit. Not once. Not once. Not okay. once. Not once. No, it's a great well, theory. You hear about it all the time. They talk about it at sherm conferences. But I can't point you to an example where um, a, a really great hire, uh, great hire, somebody with the right technical credentials, somebody who matched high in the applicant tracking system, um, was well, not given the job because they didn't match. No, I think you have a point. If you talk about technical skills, if you're looking for something that is um, – you know, a lot of times you see this in, in development right now, right? Technology and computer science and being able to find good computer programmers uh, is hard. And so your, uh, you know, your willingness to bend on some of the things around cultural fit might be slightly different. Um, but when it comes to a leadership perspective, you know, a, a good hire of a lead, a bad hire of a leader can have a huge impact on an organization and cost a lot of money. Uh, yep. If they, if you don't bring the right person in. So, 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 what a fascinating conversation! You must hit serious and disturbing ethical questions as you go through as you go through product development. Tell me a little bit about what that's like. <laughs> oh, you know, I think we we hit them in a couple of different places, but they don't—they're not surprising. Um, there's core tenets for how we operate, right? I mean, we need to make sure that our assessments are predictive in nature. Um, well, nature is not the right word, right? They need to be predictive, uh, and they need to be validated. There's some, you know, some core, core things that we're always making sure in place, uh, and that they don't cause adverse impact or bias. Um, but I think the, you know, the ethical piece comes more down to, um, can we bring in, we've been asked questions like, can we tap into social networks and pull back information about the user and present it back? Um, I had a, a, a conversation with a company once where they wanted to know if we could pull back everything about the user on their social media profile because they want to know what they're doing outside. They want to know what, what their true nature is whether it be pictures, things they've posted, comments they've made. Um, that goes a little too far, I think, in our book. Um, and it's probably illegal in some parts of the world, for sure. Uh, in some parts of the world, it may not be illegal. and But it's ne not necessarily a comfortable place to go. 
So I think when we talk about, you know, what's ethical, um, it's ensuring that we build solutions from a product perspective that are rooted in science, uh, wherever we can apply and utilize technology to add efficiency um, and ease and good consumer-oriented design and experience, we do. Um, but ethically, you know, we don't want to have any products out there that aren't uh, predictive and um, are not provide essentially anything that could possibly be skewing uh, whether or not somebody's getting hired or not for the right or wrong reason or for the wrong reason uh, is the most important thing. Making sure that the science works underneath and any place so where ask, that might be compromised, you know, that's that's a non-starter for us. Let me ask you one last hard question. So, so on the one hand, you have tools that wrestle with what you refer to as bias. Um, and I think by that you mean compliance-oriented issues. Um, and on the other hand, you um, um, offer tools that uh, assess cultural fit, which, if it's anything, it's bias. Um, so, so how do you find the line between those two things? Well, I think, you know, we've got... We, we work with our customers to make sure that some of the questions and things that they might want to ask up front um, are specifically coming from them. We may not actually be scoring those in some cases. We may be looking at realistic job previews and, and telling about the corporate culture and allowing the candidate to self-assess. Um, if they, When I say self-assess, meaning they're answering questions to help understand that they would be a good fit for that company, culture, and job. And that's between them and, you know, the, the experience they're having uh, in, in the realistic job preview. That's not scored. That's not something that is, you know, where we are making a decision for them. And we do our best to give candidate feedback so they can see, hey, you answered some questions um, in this manner or that. Here's where you may or may not be a good fit for this job. Are you sure you want to continue? And that puts oh, it more into the hands of the candidate. Okay. okay. So, but, uh, still, but still, you 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 know the the product produces cultural fit, um, and you assess for cultural fit, and so so that is um, a very particular form of bias. Um, and 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 the question is, how do you balance that against the the kind of bias that you um, are not allowed to have in in a given country? Yeah. Well, when I think about um, fit, uh, you mean not as much as culturally, but if I think about context, um, mm -hmm. what we're really looking at is we're looking at the the competencies of a person that are rooted in science as we are measuring and assessing for those, aligned with their own personal experience that they've had against the challenges that are assigned for a role. And so when you think about fit, that fit is based in you know, some of what they've already done as well as what their personality innate traits are. They come up with that fit score. So from a leadership perspective, uh, there is a predictive nature to it. It's not biased from just a pure culture standpoint. It's really about the challenges and ensuring that we are aligning the leader to the challenges they're going to walk into within the company that they're they're coming into. 
I could pepper you with questions for hours. That, you just opened the door <laughs> to another hour's worth of conversation there. And, and I'm not going to be able to do it. Um, this has been delightful, Jody. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to let the audience know about SHL and its uh, rebirth. Um, would you take a moment to reintroduce yourself and let people know sure. how they might uh, talk, uh, get a hold of you? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, you know, I head up our product organization here at SHL. Uh, I'm based in the U.S., and I work with my colleagues across the globe uh, in a very exciting business with uh, 1,200 employees strong, uh, working to help, you know, companies make uh, decisions on hiring and leadership on a day-to-day -day basis. The best way to find us uh, online, www.shl.com. Uh, or you can find me personally on LinkedIn. Uh, if anyone has any questions about uh, our company, where we're going, the technologies that we use, uh, and our approach to building really good products in the market, we'd love to talk to you. Great. Thanks again. Thank you very much for doing this. This was an enlightening conversation. We've been talking with Jody McDermott, who is the head of product for SHL, one of the great old and now new um, assessment companies. Thanks for tuning in today, and thanks again, Jody. You've been listening to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. Have a great day now. Bye-bye.